In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. The internet really has fundamentally changed our lives. My mother-in-law posted a little meme the other day about a, a couple who had bought a house and they, they couldn't plug the ethernet cable into the jack in the wall. And they weren't sure what to do about that, which of course, for those of us who are a little older, know that's a phone jack. And that's how the internet used to come into the house, into one device, um, very slowly, very noisily. And of course, now it comes in through its own uh, wiring, if that, sometimes it's, it's wireless, and it um, is available on every single device that we have in the house. Everything is connected. Even uh, you can connect your stove nowadays and start your stove from an app, so that way you can just leave your food in there during church and have it ready uh, when you're done. And of course, refrigerators now can update your grocery list for you. So we, we've come to, to quite, quite the way, but the way we probably all experience the internet the most um, is by uh, commerce, by buying and selling. We can buy things that we might not have had access to as easily before. It might not have been available in our own local stores or supermarkets, but through the internet, we can buy something and in two to three days, sometimes even less, it will magically appear at our door. Now what we probably don't pay much attention to are the people who make that magic happen. And by that, I mean delivery drivers. The Postal Service, FedEx, UPS uh, has uh, thousands of people employed who drive the trucks around, who bring the package to the door, scan it, make sure it's all there, whatever, so you get the little notice on your app that your package has arrived, right? Um, but they show up, and they show up in uniform. They wear very particular clothing when they show up to your door. You know, UPS has the brown uniforms, the button-down collared shirts. FedEx, I think, was the ones who really brought the polo shirt online with those bright uh, colored polo shirts in the, in the early 90s. Um, but they show up in uniform. Even if you go to the gas station, you see the folks who are, who are loading sugar water into the coolers, right? Coke and Pepsi, you know, they have a uniform on. The Red Bull person has the fancy zip-up shirt with the Red Bull embroidered. And the idea is these people represent the company and they're gonna make sure that you get what you need when you need it and they're gonna deliver a quality product in a professional manner because they're the ones that you see uh, from the company. And so uniforms, uh, clothing, it has some significance. Well today, uh, in our gospel reading, we hear about somebody who didn't have the right clothes on. He didn't show up to the wedding in the right uniform, if you will. Now, to get an invite to the wedding of the king's son, that's quite the deal. For the king to know who you are enough to extend an invitation so that you can show up to that feast would certainly be an invitation that you'd probably want to laminate and frame and keep forever. I mean, imagine getting something from the governor or the president saying, please come to my child's wedding. That would be uh, very momentous. And then uh, to not show up, and not only to not show up, but the king sends two rounds of servants to go let people know that the wedding feast is ready. And the first time they just ignore him. And the second time it says that some of them actually killed some of the king's servants. So naturally the king responds with the army, uh, which is generally not a good way to go because, you know, if you're fighting the army, 
just doesn't work out well in the end most of the time. Uh, and it did not for those who ended up being killed uh, for murdering the king's servants. And so finally they go out to the highways and the byways and they compel anybody who's available to come to the wedding feast. Anybody who might be able to show up. Maybe they're homeless. Maybe they're just passing through. Maybe they're a beggar. There's all sorts of different scenarios that could have occurred. And they wanted to fill that hall. And they did. They filled the hall. It's full of guests. And the king stops and pauses to look out at the celebration, as one does, as parents and grandparents do at a wedding. They stand there and they look and they, they, they are in awe of the joy that everybody's having. Their, their son or their daughter is getting married and the whole family and the friends are together. And it's a beautiful, festive occasion. Except one guy's not wearing the right clothes. And the king notices it and calls him out. And he just stands there speechless. He just stands there speechless and eventually he's removed from the feast for not having the right clothes. Now we look at this and we're like, but you just pulled people in from the highways and byways. How, how, how are they going to be in the right clothes? Well, there's, there's a couple of thoughts on this. Um, one is that if you're called in, you know, a lot of the cities, they had public baths and things like that. And so possibly you could have went and cleaned up a little bit before you showed up to the hall. You know, cleaned up, take a bath, shake out your, your clothes, shake the dust off or whatever, and, and hop in there. But the second is, uh, is that in those marriage feasts, the clothes would actually be provided by the parents. So you would show up to the feast and you'd be given a certain garment to wear in that wedding. And we still have a little bit of a holdover from this. If you notice the way that the bridesmaids and the groomsmen are dressed in the, in the colors of the bridal party, right? And so we kind of see a little hint of that to this day. But regardless, uh, he didn't make any effort to clean up for the wedding feast. And so he was removed. Well, this, this gospel reading is toward the end of St. Matthew's gospel. And so this parable and, and those that are around it are being told specifically to the Pharisees uh, who are engaging Christ and who are not understanding the Messiah coming uh, to save his people. And so what we see is this garment, this robe, uh, for us at least, is a baptismal garment that we're supposed to have on when we show up to the feast. Now we're reminded of this every Sunday. Maybe you're not wearing your baptismal garment, but as, as priests, we're always wearing one. When we vest fully for the service, this Dakarian is the, representing that baptismal garment. And in fact, when we put it on, we say a particular prayer. It's, my soul shall rejoice in the Lord, for he has clothed me with the garment of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of gladness. As a bridegroom, he has set a crown on me, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels, so has he adorned me. And so that baptismal robe, there's, there's nothing for us to do. God gives us that robe. God gives us what we need to enter into the kingdom, to enter into the wedding feast, that feast that is, uh, we hear about in that parable today. So the question that we're then left with is, what do we do with our wedding garment? Do we even wear the wedding garment that we've been given? Do we acknowledge that we're Christians? Do we attempt to live our life in a Christian manner? And of course, uh, we're going to struggle in our Christian life as we try. Uh, we're going to fail. We're going to have shortcomings. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to sin against each other. But we've been provided a method to deal with that in the church as well through the mystery of confession. And through confession, that baptismal robe can be cleaned again. And we can show up in the right robe at the kingdom for the feast, for the wedding feast. And so right now, uh, we're at that season of the year where all of our resolutions are broken. 
So we're 21 days in, and this is where people do not keep their resolutions anymore. This is where gyms make all their money, right? Because <laughs> we stopped going at this point in time, right? Whatever it is, whatever our resolution is, this is about the time that we stop. So we've got about a month and a half between broken resolutions and the beginning of Great and Holy Lent. And so as we contemplate this parable of the kingdom, let us remember that garment that Christ has given us and take action to keep it pure, to purify it, to do what we need to do to enter with joy into the marriage feast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Glory to Jesus Christ.